the Peaked Too Early podcast. This is season four, episode 16 of the pod. Uh, it's been a long time coming, made an even longer wait by Craig choosing not to uh, be a active third member of this team. My name is Blake Munchell. I'm joined by the ever-lovely Craig and the ever-lovely Austin. <laughs> Say well, Austin, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Happy New Year. I guess Craig is still wants to be on holiday, but we've uh, forced him to come back to work. I'm super excited to be here. I can't believe it's 2024. Blake, we started this podcast in October of 2020. So we're slowly closing in on four years doing this podcast, which is fantastic. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, uh, I, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that earlier as well. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. Talking about how long we've been doing this. Yeah. Just thinking about like, the path that this podcast has taken where you know it started in the lockdown which was like mm -hmm. i have gone back and watched some of the highlights from lockdown football uh -huh. and it's truly like some of the worst football to watch oh, it's 100%. totally joyless um but um you know uh We've come a long way. Um, we have. And I think, you know, it's a good thing football has returned to normal. Um, I wanted to start this podcast off with you, asking okay. you how you perform on the pitch when Jenny is watching versus when she isn't. Oh, wow. Uh, great question. I don't think Jenny's seen me play that much. We're going to be playing on the same pitch, believe it or not, as soon as next Thursday which I'm very excited about, my return to the football pitch um, for seven aside. Um, I think that I do the, I've probably done the classic try harder in the sense that maybe I'll run a bit more. And I think I care. I cared much more about the games when I had Jenny watching. But other than that, I'm not sure the skill level fluctuated too much. Why have you noticed something when Mari comes to watch your games? I like to joke and say that I always have my best games when she does not come and watch, mm. which she is always, you know, she pushes back against that idea. However, at last night's game, she was not able to attend. And Ooh. I scored five goals and five? three assists. You got to be kidding me. That's we crazy. 16 to four. Oh, my God. Um, and this is uh, seven aside. Uh -huh. um, I also had a beautiful uh, drag back nutmeg into wow. top bins. Uh, wow. And uh, as I told you in text last week, I scored from beyond the. Yeah, I know. Line. You're in the form uh, of your life right now. Yeah, unfortunately, the season last night was the uh, season finale, and we good way to finish second. it though. Ah, yeah, we no. we were five points behind, so we knew. Ah, uh, you knew. Um, so we did not retain our championship trophy, but so close though. Yeah, our next season starts literally in six days, so that's nice. Wow, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to start again. I I'm a bit nervous. Obviously, with the ankle break stuff weighs pretty heavily on my mind. Um, and I think I honestly don't know if I'll be able to bring myself to play if it's wet and raining, which were the conditions when uh, when we were playing when I broke it. Um, but I'm really hoping that this will help me get over the, the hump and that I can get back into playing, you know, throughout my 20s um, because, yeah, I missed it. And it, it would be a sad way to to end that part of my life um so i'm really looking forward to it fingers crossed that everything will be fine uh, and maybe maybe i'll even be good maybe i think you should pull the classic footballer and as you get older and pick up more injuries you just drop farther and farther back yeah um, and become a holding midfielder yeah something like that yeah i don't know i don't know where do you where would you suggest that i play now we have okay it's seven aside i think the league requires 11 people per team so i believe that we have eight people seven or eight people that 
I know who are playing, and then they are giving us a random four or five. But I know, without tooting my own horn, I know that I have the most experience playing on my team. Uh, I don't know about the random people, but the people I know, I know that I've played the most. But I'm curious, like, where you would suggest that I play. Well, I think you should, you know, you have an opportunity to remodel yourself. And yeah. I could see the similarities between you and one Fabian Cher. A oh, yeah? ball-playing, awesome. skill-move-making, uh, dev- devilishly handsome central oh, defender. The oh, only no. difference is I think you probably have like three inches on Fabian Cher. Yeah, Fabian Cher isn't the tallest centre-back in the world, is he? Yeah, no. but everything else, okay i, I like that i like that maybe I'll, I'll i'll start by playing out the back um i do yeah i am i what i want to do is i want i want the feeling of scoring a goal in a competitive match again do you know what i mean i haven't had that in a long time and there, there is there is something there yeah i bet i guess so yeah. i got benched after my fifth goal was the nutmeg one and i got pulled to the bench you were too uh, good it was for, too humiliating yeah, yeah um but that was fun okay yeah. that was a nice all right about real life football um so we have missed a lot of football so we i have. don't think it makes any sense for us to talk about no too doesn't. many specific matches however uh as it is in the middle of the transfer window right now Oscar, you and I decided it's a good time to get a state of the pod, state of the prem, yeah, uh, out of the way, where we run through a few of the interesting teams and yeah. work out, you know, how their season's going, what they need, what they can do, what they will do. Yeah, um, state of the league. Said, I think we should kick it off with uh, Champions League pushing West Ham United. Yeah, um, would love to start with them. Uh, so look, let's put West Ham in context, okay? We, we're unbeaten since December 17th, obviously, albeit with a couple of breaks in there, but that's three or four games now that we're, we're unbeaten. Um, and that includes some good, solid wins against uh, Manchester United and Arsenal, both two nils. Um, around the new year, media reports um, came out suggesting that David Moyes is about to sign a two and a half year contract extension yet to be officially announced by the club, but uh, all the reliable sources are saying that it's going to happen. So uh, it seems like it's headed in that direction. Um, Further context for where we are on January 1st, 2023 last year, we were in 17th place with 14 points and we were two points off the bottom of the league. Exactly one year later, on January 1st, 2024, about a week ago, we, uh, you know, were in sixth place with 34 points. And, uh, you know, not, as you say, not technically not out of the Champions League race. Um, so I just wanted to briefly outline what I think has changed in, in the course of that year. And I think we can boil it down to three key things. Number one, Moyes has fully reverted to counterattack football. He kind of lost his way a bit. Uh, last year where he wanted to attempt to move into a possession-based sort of style of play and it just completely didn't work. This year we're seeing the classic like we have like 20 20 to 30% possession but we're winning these matches playing this this style. I think number two is our signings. Um, James Ward-Prowse, Alvarez and Kudus have been transformational I think uh, for this team. Uh, They've refreshed both our attacking and defensive capabilities. And crucially, I think they, they have uh, filled the hole that Declan Rice left when he when he went to Arsenal. And then number three, um, Pakistan Bowen have forged a very lucrative, and I think you could probably categorize it as pretty frightening partnership. Bowen is in red-hot form. Pakistan is probably our best player, um, just sort of talent-wise. Maybe Kudus rivals him there. Um and yeah, and so I think those three things have really, uh, you know, been the the key factors for this for this turnaround. I will say with the caveat that a lot of fans still aren't happy with David Moyes, um, and I think that they they really are bothered by the style of play. 
Um, they say it isn't that classic and off, often mocked West Ham way, in inverted commas. And uh, they want Moyes out because of it. So um, it'll be a really interesting next six or so months for us. And I'm hoping that we uh, continue this form and uh, have, a, have a nice end to the season. But that's West Ham in context. Um, and I'm interested to talk potential signings. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about us from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, um, I will add another reason why West Ham are where they are this year mm. compared to their you know, putrid last season um, in the league uh, is West Ham's injury record. Uh, where mm. up until the beginning of December, West Ham were the healthiest. Yeah, very healthy. It's gone uh, downhill since, but it has gone downhill since then. But you know, West Ham still did. You know, they accumulated a ton of points in that time. Yeah, um, yeah. Which no, is, certainly. Yeah, very good for them. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I would say maybe their second best player of the season has now been confirmed out for two months. Lucas yes, Pakatar. Lucas Pakatar. Not good. Although actually, um, real quick. Where do you think he ranks, like, right now in the West Ham squad? Or I guess, like, um, two weeks. He is He is our second best player, I think, right now. Behind Bowen? Behind Bowen. Um, I was curious about Caduce. I think... I think Caduce is absolutely sensational. Um, and has been especially sensational over the past two months. Um, but I think for the overall season sort of consistency and also his, uh, what's the word? His uh, creativity. Um, that's what Pakatar is really giving us. Um, he gives us something different there in a sort of, um, yeah, in a, in a, in a different way, uh, in a, in a Payette kind of way, I would say, an X factor. Yeah, very fair. Um, yeah. I certainly have been impressed. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. As for, I think next, so we should, you know, pivot this into, you know, what the second half of the season looks like for West Ham. Yeah. Um, I, you know, no offense, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think it is pushing for that, that sixth spot. Oh, yeah. We're not in a Champions League race, I don't think. I don't yeah, have just resources for this. Uh, fighting to maintain that position. Yeah, uh, and I, I have a feeling it will feel like West Ham are trying to cling on to it. Um, yeah, I can see that we'll, happening. Yeah. West Ham, you know, they certainly have the ability to dig in their heels. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, go. I was gonna say, and Michael Antonio is coming back. Supposed to be mm. back relatively soon, um, in February, I think. Yeah. Um, so you know, all of a sudden, you if you're trying to play counterattacking football, you know, Michael Antonio. Yeah, he is your guy. Is a, you know, and that dude. I think he'll be motivated as well because I I think at this point he'll probably be playing for a move, um, slash like a farewell. So maybe maybe that will give us a, a little extra something. Um, we don't have much money to flex. I don't think many clubs really do in January. Um, well, I mean, some of them do, but the, we, as we know, the January transfer window is a, is a funny sort of beast, right? It's exorbitant prices for players who aren't necessarily that great, and you have to be very, very careful with who you go in for um, in this window. Um, it, it's an increasingly light... Well, actually, I would say we were a very healthy squad but this season so far, but we're a very light squad. And I think part of that is because Moyes doesn't rotate that much. Uh, a, a, another part of that is simply I I don't think we have a, just a ton of depth, really. Um, it's been really interesting to see two stalwart, no, well, one stalwart and one very important attacking player over the last couple of seasons in Saeed Benrama and Pablo Fornals essentially be put out in the cold Um and it sort of looks like Saeed Benrahma is attracting a ton of interest from Saudi Arabia. Pablo Fornals can't be happy with the situation. Um, 
So light squad, kudos to Zach Afcon, big injury to Pakatar, and we got really no fullback depth because we sold. Um, I'm literally blanking on his name. This is how much I dislike this guy, the French guy. Um, that's terrible. I'm blanking on who. You're no, he's German. Uh, oh my god. Thank you, Kurat, uh, who was awful and who was, I don't think any West Ham fan liked him. He was useless for us, essentially. Um, he is now at Monaco on loan. A lot of West Ham fans thought that that might signal a pretty immediate signing because while he doesn't play, we really have no depth now. Um, ben Johnson at right back is not, he's not made the grade. It's basically so foul playing week in, week out. Um, and we have injuries here and there to Agurd and Zuma often, and Mavropanos is, I think, also injured, and Ogbonna's pretty old, and so we have these problems. Um, before I, you know, rant too much, I'll just rattle off some 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 players that we've been linked with, and some players I think we need to look at, and I'm curious to see what you, you have to say about them. The, the player that we're most linked with right now uh, uh, is actually Steven Bergwijn, um, and Premier League fans will remember him, I suppose, from a from a spell at Tottenham that was inconsistent, but marked by some fantastic standout performances, especially against Manchester City, when Tottenham had that string of, of games against City where they just beat them, and Bergmann was the one that would score the goals. Um, seven goals, two assists this season, captaining a very poor Ajax side that has only sort of recently been recovering itself and is up into mid sort of mid table now. Um, I actually don't hate this sign, this, this link. I don't know if, if that's kind of surprising. I think Bergwijn is a guy who runs out defenses. He's quick. He's tireless. He's got an eye for goal and he's got something to prove in the Premier League. And I don't think he would cost that much money. So I don't hate that shout, that link um, that seems to be picking up some speed. Um, do you want to hop in on, on thoughts on that before I sort of pitch a couple of players that I think we might want to go after? Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. First, because he has the left, center, right, right. flexibility. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's explicitly not a striker, but he can get goals and he can play central, which yeah. feels very West Ham. Very West Ham. He is a hot and cold player so he, you know his price tag isn't super high yeah he has always been slightly controversial kind of everywhere he goes there's kind of the he's followed by the rumors of you know being like too big of a personality for yeah. his quality um which you know if you get a player like that firing then you know you've got one hell of a deal on your hands um, right so yeah i think it makes sense from pretty much every perspective. Um, you know, good for the player, good for Ajax, good for West Ham, and fits the West Ham mold. So I don't see what there isn't to like about this. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, because I think, I mean, I think the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of Premier League fans will be, oh, like, he didn't really do any, do much at Tottenham, so therefore, you know, what what's, what is that? Um but yeah, I, I was I was pretty happy with those links. And then I didn't make it explicitly clear, but I think, you know, we need to add an attacking player in the sort of Bergwijn mold and also maybe add in a, a fullback because we're very, very light on defense. So I'll give you the two sort of attackers I'm also thinking about um, before the fullback, which I think is an incredibly hot take and I'm excited for your reaction to it. The two attackers, Jack Clark of Sunderland. Now, I know you hate Sunderland, but yeah. uh, 12, 12 goals, two assists in the championship this season. Sunderland's standout player, ex-Tottenham as well, uh, Tottenham youth player. Um, probably pretty pricey, right? But very young. I think he's 21, 22. Big talent. I was thinking could be, you know, the next Jared Bowen sort of thing. Um, also in a similar role uh, that's, as you put nicely, very West Ham, uh, plays off the left, but can sort of drift in centrally, switch wings, this kind of thing, um, puts a shift in. Very Moyes, 
Um, so I thought that that was pretty decent. And then the other one is uh, Kyogo Furuhashi out of Celtic. Um, you know, never they never cost too much from up there in Scotland. He's been tearing up that league. You never know. I mean, obviously, Odson Edward, who's now at Palace and doing okay at Palace, also completely rinsed that league. Um, it, it doesn't always really work out when you take them from there. But uh, I think he's an ex- sort of pretty exciting player. Um, pipe dream because I he's not leaving uh, Celtic halfway through the season. I don't think. But but so, some 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 attackers in in the in that mold. That's where my brain is. Okay. First, I'll start. Hasn't Kyogo only been there for? Uh, six months? No, it's a year and six months. Okay, now. so it's a different yeah. Japanese winger who <laughs> joined them six months Ma- ago. I think Maeda, right, joined them six months ago, and he's also been really good. Daisen Maeda. So, yeah, they're just a like uh, rotating factory of bringing in product yeah. from the Japanese league. They're so good. Um, like, fair enough, honestly. Yeah. Um, on Jack Clark, you know, obviously I've got my, you know, ear to the wall uh yeah on Sunderland things just because Sunderland and Newcastle played recently um although Sunderland didn't really show up um and the like overwhelming talking point from before this game was like fr- from Sunderland supporters was this match will be defining for Jack Clark uh, um, interesting like yeah. if he does well he's 100 percent gone in january he talks as if you know he's already saying his goodbyes yeah um like he knows he's a little bit bigger than sunderland although yeah. most players are bigger than sunderland um and uh after the game most of the talking points were he he needs a lot more development um he's way too weak was the big thing um, and yeah, yeah. He just got physically dominated all match long, um, and was potentially. But the funny thing is, Joe Bellingham and Jack Clark were probably their two worst players. Um, yeah. Which yeah, pretty incredible. But so I personally do not like Jack Clark to West Ham. Um, I mean, if you want like a super string bean winger, um who, you know, he's basically a a cut inside kind of player. Cut inside and then try to knock it down and go back down the yeah towards the byline. Um, but, you know, he doesn't really do too much other than that. Mm. Um, so I would be, you know, cautious of uh, yeah. Jack Clark move. I think Steven Bergevin is a much better fit. Um, mm. And Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Did you already give your uh, defender? No. Can I give it to you? Yeah. I think as a lone move, Sergi Regulon, we could do a lot worse. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I think it's like low, low stakes. You know? Yeah, pretty low stakes. Attacking fullback. Honestly, very reminiscent of Emerson Palmieri, who's who actually has been, I see on the West Ham forums a lot of still some like continued criticism of him. I think he's been excellent this season. Um, I think he's really sort of made big strides in in his in the way he plays over the last year. But yeah, Sergio Regulon, I think. Uh, I was surprised when 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 Manchester United sort of let him go because while Manchester United are a shit show of a club and he has been involved this season in some embarrassing games, every time I see him play, he looks really effective. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was my thinking. Um, I think uh, that would be interesting. But Yeah, um, really quickly, I'll go through some of my suggestions. Oh, yes, please do. Um... One that I have seen picking up steam is Max Kilman. Max Kilman. Oh my god, I would love that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, which is super interesting. Um, and honestly, I wonder how he would do at as a wide defender. Um, like, oh, interesting. You know, he played he's a, a big dude, though. Ago, but he's quick, and he hmm. you know he's played left and right. 
uh, defender before. So um, I think that would be interesting. You know, he's kind of, he can play anywhere in the back line. Um, and then uh, this is one that has certainly cooled off. I think the player himself said, no, he wouldn't join West Ham is uh, Newcastle's once upon a time, darling boy, Hugo Ekatike. Oh yeah. Uh, we wanted him badly in the summer. He yeah. has had maybe the worst 18 months yeah. of any wonder kid could yeah. hope for. He should uh, never have gone to BSG. Yeah. yeah, he's played like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, but I think he would be a good fit. Um, yeah, I just... Strikers, man. Like, Moyes can't have... It just doesn't well, work. Like that's why I think I would say Hugo Ekatike because he's not a striker. He's like is he a not weird? He's mm-hmm. like a kind of a left inside forward um, sort of. This is it's going to sound very Brexit of me, but I just he's t- so young and not English that it's like I just worry about the adaptation, and it just doesn't make like. Jack Clark is sort of a similar age, but like wouldn't have as hard a time adapting to the culture, and so therefore, do you know what I mean? Like it just, I just would, I I would see this as a complete disaster. Like I just could see him coming and being absolutely terrible. But right, fewer things you have to worry about transitioning. You know, right. Jack Clark yeah. can just focus on go. play style. Hugo Tika has to worry about has language. to worry about language and terrible food yeah. and. fair enough um Um, yeah yeah no good thank you that was a good west ham chat let me uh please enlighten me about newcastle because i'm 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 very curious um newcastle are in a weird spot where you know it's the january window names are being thrown around um but you know just like the last three windows or last four windows now uh, a lot of the names that are getting thrown around are, you know, purely agents trying to, right, you know, push for moves to so like super unrealistic names like Adrian Rabio. You know, like, you know, Newcastle right, would never right. take a player like Adrian Rabio. No. Um. So, and on top of that, financial fair play constraints and the fact that Newcastle already have a full squad. Um they more need to worry about people coming back from injury. You know, they, it would be, I would much rather get a lot of these players like Joe Willock, you know, a super right. influential player for the last two years for Newcastle has played all of like two matches this year. Um, so um, I would pretty desperately, it, it, it's kind of like, how do you, you know, in two months, you're going to get a ton of these players back. So do you bring in a player who is just going to play for two months? Um, or do you stick it out? Or do you, you know, you get the player and then, you know, these players who are coming back aren't going to get the play time to get back up to speed because, you know, there's already a fit player in their spot. Um, yeah. So they're in a weird situation all around. Names they're being linked to, Calvin Phillips, um, yes. I've talked about just how much I hate that move. Um, it's just, we, we, he's essentially injured, you know, he has zero match fitness. So mm. we would have to bring him in and get him up to speed, um, which, you know, why don't we just, you know, use one of our players who's coming back from injury and, you know, get him up to speed instead. Right. Um, Linked to all sorts of other players. Um, some this morning that was shot down very quickly was Dom Solanke. Um, mm. It was just reported that Newcastle asked about him. Yeah. Um, super interesting. And that made me think, well, like, what if... So, you know, the whispers coming out of the Newcastle camp are that a couple players are going to be sold. They're going to try to move them in... January, but more likely in the summer. And most of those players are like Ryan Fraser, Jeff Hendrick, uh, Isaac Hayden, you know, who are still on the books on expensive contracts, but, yeah. you know, are clearly nowhere near the uh, the first level. 
But then I started thinking, you know, what if what if Callum Wilson is one of the next players out? Because of all the players who could be sold that would command a decent fee, Callum Wilson is the one. Callum Wilson and Jamal Lascelles are the two that I think of. Um, Interesting. And so if we're being linked to a name like Dom Solanke, you know, I could see a future where he's the Callum Wilson replacement because Callum Wilson is made of glass. Right. Um, and we, we've been linked to strikers. Um, so Serhu Girassi, um, he's another one who absolutely stinks of agent rumors. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're being linked to strikers. So what I think Newcastle will do is probably loan in Calvin Phillips. Um, even though I hate it, I think it yeah. will happen, probably. Interesting. Um, and other than that, I think they're going to wait and just try to get some people back healthy. So pretty light, you think? It's not, not much is going to happen? Yeah, very light. Although, um, I think Isaac Hayden has returned to Jesus, Newcastle. Really? Um yeah, because of injury. Oh. And he, one way I could see something happening is if a bunch of contracts get terminated. Like Javi Mancino. Oh, yeah. Like Newcastle have a lot of players who have like six months left on their deals. So Isaac Hayden, Jeff Hendrick, um, Ryan Fraser, and uh, whoever else. You know, they, they all basically have six months. So. You know, I right. could see them getting recalled and then terminated um, because it just saves up. You know, it saves that, that contract room and then you have a little bit of wiggle room. Um, yeah. Just maybe for loan fees and stuff. But currently, Newcastle have no money. So I have no idea um, who they might sign. Um, but I hope it's not Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Any names right. that you think? You well, actually... Uh, Garassi was my my shout. Uh, Seventeen goals, fourteen appearances. Uh, it's ridiculous, but I mean, I think the attraction there is that it's he has a confirmed fifteen million pe- like euro or pound release clause, um, and I figured it would add some dynamism, cover for potential injuries, pretty low risk. Um, yeah, yeah. My issue with Garassi is he's like a bus type striker yeah um so i'm you know i feel like they don't they usually do not translate to the premier league very well yeah they don't really true. fit in at newcastle um, yeah yeah we saw I what know. chris wood does in a, new, a newcastle front line so that's very true um yeah man i mean i was i was trying pretty hard and i couldn't a, I couldn't, I, I couldn't think of of many people, but I, but it's because I kept getting blocked by this notion that it would just be unrealistic because other teams don't want to sell to Newcastle because Newcastle have to be very cautious with their financial sort of plans. Um, yeah, I just, I, I didn't have anybody else other than I had Calvin Phillips down again. But we've we've been through this conversation. I, my case is that. You know, I think he's very low risk. I think, you know, he releases Bruno and Willock coming back. releases him a little bit more. He has a point to prove. But I take your, I also take your points. Like, I, you know, I think it makes sense that you may as well just put all the momentum behind a player that's coming back. I don't really see what he necessarily adds uh, i mean other than like can you afford to turn your nose up as a club or as fans i guess at anyone at this point because the injuries have been so bad and the suspension to tonali is such a blow that you just need bodies uh, i don't know um but yeah it's not a great moment for for newcastle i suppose tricky very tricky um yeah honestly a player like um What's his face? Um, uh, Randy and Tekka. At I'm not saying that he's the player that Newcastle. Right, right, right. 
a player who can play anywhere from CDM to striker uh, would be, you know, it's pretty much what we need because right. we have a lot of needs, but not a lot of squad spaces. So one player who could fill in in lots of places would be really, really convenient. I just don't know who that player is. Yeah. Yeah. No, me neither, honestly. Me neither. I mean, like, there's players like Pedro Neto at Wolves, right? And but like they're gonna ask for like eighty million for him, which is like ridiculous. So yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is at all, to be honest. Yeah. Um the other players that Newcastle have been linked to are um oh what's his name? Um Andreas Christensen. Oh yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, that's not because... bad. I don't hate that. Uh, yeah, I don't hate it too. You know, I think he's an upgrade on Jamal Cells. Yeah, he um, probably is. And you know, Barcelona, you know, need money. So, man, you are know, uh, interested in him too. I think. I wouldn't be surprised. Who aren't they interested in? Yeah, and and um, he has he has minutes this season. He's 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 played. He's not a stalwart, but he's he's played. So, plus he has Premier League experience. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I I get it, you know, um, but that's it. Um, yeah. okay, that's enough waffling about All right. our we can, two clubs. We can go more rapid fire for for these other clubs, especially given we don't know as much about them. Um, I will raise you. Well, I've I've made more detailed notes on three more clubs: Brentford, Arsenal, and Spurs. Uh, where do you want to go next? Because I'm sure you have other ones too. All right, let's go Brentford just because they're such an interesting All right. team to talk yeah. about. Brentford, 16th place, alarmingly poor this season. Uh, and, and honestly, they're sinking toward a relegation fight. Um, I think most damningly in recent... We, um, Tony, Ivan Tony is coming back, and I think that's a possible boost. Um, Tony obviously has a huge point to prove. Um, but then again, you have injuries to Embuemo and Kevin Shada, and you also have Wissa uh, out at AFCON. So your their two best players this season, Embuemo and Wissa, are out for at least an extended period. I think Embuemo's injury is pretty bad. It's it's like three months as of mid December. Um. So I think really with Brentford, when I think about their squad, I think their midfield and their defense is very solid. They but they need that attacking shakeup. Um, their goalkeeper hasn't been very good either. I don't think, but I couldn't. I I hadn't thought of that. My shout here is in the attacking spaces. I think Tony will provide. I think he'll probably come back uh, with his with his feet firmly planted on the ground he's got a lot to prove and slash i think he's probably playing for a move anyway but the guy that i plucked is um chrysensio somerville from leeds 21 years old burst onto the scene last season in the premier league um the guy has 12 goals and six assists in the championship this season which is amazing leeds in recent months have been free scoring they are really closing in on Ipswich for that second spot in the championship. And Somerville has been uh, a stalwart of that attack. Um, and I just think that it feels pretty Brentford. I don't, I don't think Leeds can necessarily afford to turn down decent bids. Uh, I think Brentford can probably throw 30 million at a player like that. Um, so yeah, Somerville, um, is the guy that I would uh, put forward. Yeah, he's actually another one of these players who's linked to Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, you could do much worse, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, the first name, it's because I've seen it linked, is Saeed Benrama. Yeah, back um, to his former stomping ground. Yeah. Right, which is something that Brentford do, right? You know? They yes, bring they back do. former players all the time. Neil Morpé. Yeah. He is sort of, if you took away the like explosive sprinting, he is pretty similar to Brian Mbemo, 
not it's like a very different thing because uh Brian and Bemo relies pretty heavily on like being a cannonball being shot out of a cannon flying down the wing right where side and Rama is much more like tricky and like a mental thinking about his next move kind of player um but in terms of like what they can do with the ball you know i see a lot of similarities the yeah you know strong left foot uh from the corner of the 18 you know putting in those shots and dangerous crosses so um i think he would be a good fit um overall but just generally they just need bodies um yeah brent are the only club in the premier league with more injuries than newcastle um and so i can't even imagine how brentford are feeling because he feels terrible as a newcastle supporter um so pretty much anyone you know take your pick um i thought that ben Burriton diaz before he moved to sheffield united would have made a little bit of sense um yeah true very true like who knows what the hell brentford are doing you know down the middle um so and then um yeah that's pretty much it um <laughs> my solution for a lot of teams is just like sign small selves um <laughs> because like for brentford it makes a lot of sense even though they've you know been fine in the center of the defense you know they're yeah ethan pinnock is having a career year um so you know uh right can't like totally say that they need to but one he feels like a total brentford player and two um he's like this you know ever reliable physical presence that you can kind of throw into any game and you're going to get the same type of performance out of right um so like i feel like that's the type of player that they need a couple of yeah i i, I like those shouts i i think yeah side ben rama would would be a, definitely a good signing for them. I, I'd worry from a West Ham perspective at that point that we're just losing way too many players. But yeah, I mean, I I, I had forgotten quite how many injuries that Brentford have. And uh, when I was looking into it, it was pretty shocking. So bodies is definitely a a thing that they they just they just need to get in bodies. Um, so it'll be it'll be curious to see what they do. Um, do you think Tony will uh, hit the ground running? Well, he's already scored scored in friendlies. Yeah, but like does that really mean anything? Um I don't know. It means something, right? It's much better than him. Yeah, it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If he hadn't done that, people would be like, Oh shit, you know. Yeah. He's gonna be so rusty when he comes back. Um But they can't sell him, right, in January? Uh, transfer a suspended player. Oh yeah, it's probably correct. Yeah, because honestly, like, if you could get, so you know, if he comes back and hits the ground running, and in the summer, you know, gets a sixty or it's like a seventy-five million pound move. Um, yeah, that would be like bank robbery for Brentford. Yeah, Um, for sure. If they, but like if they could sell him now for fifty million, would they I, you do know it? I think they would do it, um, just because it opens up the door for, you know, bringing in, pulling a Declan Rice, you know, yeah, bringing in three players that help you now, yeah, um, but yeah, you know what, he, he's that type of player who can score in so many different types of ways that. I could see him getting a lot of goals. You know, not his counterattacking, sprinting the full length of the pitch kind of goals, but, you know, set pieces and um, those. I could see him getting, like, five goals. Um, and in uh, this Brentford side, five goals would certainly be appreciated. Yeah. No, for sure. Um. Yeah. Uh, if you raise me, Brentford, uh, I would like to raise you, Arsenal, because mm. 
they're another interesting club where at times it feels like everything's going right for them. Yeah. But at the same time, they're dropping points and dropping points and dropping points. Yeah. And they're yeah. in a really horrible run of form right now. They are. Uh, so, you know, how do you fix uh, this Arsenal squad who, you know, had such a good run of form to start the season and have, you know, since December faltered quite a bit? Um, yeah. I so yeah they're in fourth. I I I hear what you're saying. I agree with you to to a to a large extent. I don't think panic stations are unnecessary. The performances have been poor, but City, Man City also had the same in the beginning of the season. I'm not trying to compare these two clubs. They're not in the same sort of stage of their respective journeys. But Arsenal, I think what they need to do is exude confidence, right? This is all part of the long-term project. They have to get over this hump of just, like, not believing. And I think Arteta, for all the criticisms that we can levy at him, level at him, he he is good at the believer stuff. And I, I, I think... I don't think behind the scenes Arteta will be too concerned. I think he'll be disappointed. I don't think he'll be too concerned because every team goes through a rough patch. And this is clearly Arsenal's one. And I think they already have the tools to get through it. Um, I haven't. I, I, I mean, you see them linked with everyone under the sun because they're a team that's fighting for the title. So you're going to see ridiculous stuff. Um, the 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 credible things I've the only credible link I've seen that might be real is to me a weird one, and it's Borja Mayoral out of Hitafe, um, who's who's Hitafe's top goal scorer this season. I think only Jude Bellingham has scored more goals than him in La Liga. He's been very good, but. Uh, it's an odd one because he hasn't been a prolific striker in the past. He's certainly not an upgrade on either Gabriel Jesus or I don't even think he's really an upgrade on Eddie Nketiah, to be honest with you, um, as a pure goal scorer. And I'm not super sure what he gives you with regards to physicality, speed, strength even. and You know, I, he, he gives you nothing creatively so that one is odd to me um but it, it seems pretty credible that that he's, he's being linked basically with with arsenal and man U um for about 20 million i suppose it's pretty cheap um but i think that people don't talk enough about the absence of thomas Partey and what that has meant for arsenal's stability um and i think that joao Pelinha would go a long way to fill that gap um, and to also elevate that that team another step. Uh, I think he could be a real impact player for them because Joao Pelinha, for, for those who I guess don't know, is, you know, at Fulham, uh, plucked from Sporting Lisbon, standout player for Fulham over the last 18 months, was on the cusp of join, joining Bayern Munich in the summer uh, I think he took pictures with him and everything, and then that fell through. Uh, recently, Pelinia himself basically said, look, I'm I'm leaving Fulham one day, but I'm focused kind of thing. I, I think it would be a good signing for them. Uh, tough tackler, sort of real captain material, um, but also, you know, beyond that, just very skillful. Um, eats up the ground and great positioning, uh, good passer of the ball as well, pretty underrated in that sense. Um yeah, th those are my two. You know, other than that, Artem Dovbik out of Girona. Girona having this sensational season. Uh, Ukrainian striker, 11 goals uh, with a hat full of assists uh, in La Liga this season. But but if you're him, why would you leave Girona right now? And also, if you're Arsenal, why would you buy a guy whose only previous experience is at Michelin and think Dnipro in Ukraine um so I'm skeptical I don't think Arsenal need to add as much as people think and I apologize for that Ron but that's me done no worries um you know I so you know I am a Gabby Jesus hater um uh, strange one I know yeah I know strange it one. hates it eats you up and everything but uh you know, it is apparent that, you know, there is this gulf of goal scoring 
in the middle. You know, they've got these wide players who can score, who can also yeah. deliver a ball. You know, they have Gabby Jesus, who's like this weird, you know, hybrid player who's, you know, basically like a, a worse version of all their wide players being forced to play through the center. So I understand why like a a, a target man, not like, you know, obviously not like a traditional target man, but like a, you know, bigger striker, clinical goal scorer, you know, who can fit in, who isn't going to replace Gabby Jesus, but is going to supplement him. Um, you know, sometimes Gabby Jesus will play behind him. Sometimes he'll come in for Gabby Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes Gabby Jesus will play out wide and this guy will be the one who takes the middle position. Um, so, you know, that's where I, I, I really understand a Borja Mayoral um, as, you know, this like, you know, clinical striker who yeah. he, you just need to get the ball onto his foot and he's going to get a shot on target out of it. Um, but I, I understand, you know, I don't love, I, I certainly do not love Borja Mayoral. Um, I don't get it. But this is where I really see the Ivan Tony as being like the the piece that is missing, kind of. Um, you know, he's that player where if you get him the ball, he will put it in the net. Yeah, um, I guess. The, I, I mean, there are other players out there like that, but I mean, Arsenal are not going to get them, especially not in January. Um, right. So, you know, I don't... And I guess another thing is, like, I would kind of describe Eddie and Ketty as that kind of player. Like, you know, you need to, you know, in the championship, you get the ball into him, he's putting it on target and probably scoring a goal. Uh, but, you know, taking the step up, he's not been able to replicate it. So, you know, are you going to gamble on Borja Mayoral, who's been, like, pretty much a flop player everywhere he's gone, except for this season? Apart from Hitachi, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but my striker option, he's been linked with absolutely everyone right now. Eric Chupamoteng. He is, it's, you know, as disrespected as he is, and for sometimes for the right reasons, you know, he is that guy. You know, he can score in lots of different ways. You get the ball to him, he's going to put it in the net. Um, right. And he's also one of those players where he's shown with better players around him, he plays a lot better. So, um, there you go. That's my, yeah, plus, you know, you're not going to get a goal scorer in January. So, um, yeah. you have to look at that second tier, or not even second tier, like third or fourth tier of strikers. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't bring anybody in, though. I also would not be surprised. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, who else do you want to talk about? Should we go one step down and talk Spurs briefly, just because they're the, I think, the most active team so far? They've bought two players now. Um, they bought in Timo Werner on loan with a buy option. Uh, I'm really interested in this one. I can see him being effective with low expectations slash under Ange's tutelage. I think it could just be useful. Um, Especially because Son will be gone for at least a month. Um, and, and Spurs want to maintain that momentum. Um, he's not going to replace Son, but he adds sort of a, an attacking threat. Um, Tottenham can be quite chaotic. He is quite a chaotic player. Uh, again, with a point to prove. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, and then they brought in this guy, Dragusin. Uh, he's a... Uh, a right-sided centre-back from Genoa. Genoa having an incredible season in Syria. Um, if you look at him, if you Google him, I thought that man was like 29. He is 21. Um, so I think he can slash will provide cover for the time being. I will be very surprised if he walks into the starting 11. Um, but it probably could be a shrewd signing for Tottenham. Uh, and I think it could be in the sort of William Saliba mold for the future, right? A very classy, um, calm uh, player at the heart of defence, which is something that Tottenham need back there, especially because, Blake, they might be losing Eric Dyer. Yeah, I was going to bring up Eric Dyer to West Ham um, as a can play wide, can play central, can play in the midfield. 
um, option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Radu Dragashin, um, he is very good. He's also one of these players who can play left, center, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, deceptively young. 21 is wild. I know. He um, looks ancient. Yeah, been around for quite a while. Um, he, I, I think of him as like constantly being on the cusp of it being a Juventus like twenty-five man squad player. Um, you know, it felt like every summer he was like, okay, well, this is going to be the summer where Dragashin comes in. Um, but um, yeah, he's, you know, I guess he's you know an insurance policy basically. You know, Spurs can't help but keep injuring themselves. Which is one of the weird. I don't understand why they're, you know, then trying to ship out Eric Dyer, um, because he kind of seems like the perfect, you know, can play four positions for you. So, you know, why not keep him in case one of your players gets injured? Um, but I guess Dragashin is a upgrade on Eric Dyer. Um, yeah, crazy that two, uh, twenty-one means he was born in two thousand and two. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, good player. Um, he's fine. Um, and yeah, Romanian. You don't see too many Romanians. I know. There are some weird, a weird number of uh Romanians in their youth squad. At one point, they had like three Romanians, um, in their under 18s. But anyways, um, yeah. Timo Werner is super interesting. I guess he does make sense as insurance policy, but I just don't get him. Like, I don't understand Timo Werner, the player. Like, I can't... How do you watch Timo Werner's last six months at Chelsea and then go, I can fix him? Um, yeah. But, you know, I guess... It, there's because you think you can co- actually coach him, right? Right. There's also like no risk to bringing him in, you know. There's no shit, risk. Yeah. Leave him on the bench and then don't activate the option. Yeah, um, I mean it's a big, big moment for his career because I mean I think he was pretty injured at the start of the season, but he's be- he's not played for Leipzig. He has two goals and eight appearances for them um, this season. Uh, I mean Leipzig have this plethora of absolutely sensational attackers, so sort of maybe not his fault but it's it's a big move if he can stay fit i think that's the key right stay fit put in some good solid performances don't get ridiculed right it certainly makes sense with um with the sun absence as well right um yeah other than that i think they're in a similar position to brentford and newcastle you know they they have players they just can't keep them in the first team picture for very long right um so you know if they want to climb back up there i don't know what they're going to need to do Um, right they just need quality bodies they're another one i could see them bringing in like an additional two loans um like really take advantage of the loan market um in pretty much any position you know I, i think they have plenty of positions they can you know improve that um yeah, but you know, you and I will both pray for their downfall. Oh, um, always, always. Yeah. Um, any other clubs you want to briefly touch on? Uh, honestly, not on my end. Uh, I, I've, I've got nothing else sort of in my notes. So maybe we can do a part two, uh, of the league so far during the winter break for the Premier League, which I think is coming up, not this weekend, but maybe the next. Yeah. Um. Uh... Just really quickly, well, before we move too far on from Tottenham, what is Manar Solomon's deal? Oh, yeah. I totally Why forgot he moved there. Wow. Uh, that's he crazy. He has played in September. Is he injured? Oh, he must be injured then. Oh, yeah, yeah he is. He... Uh, Tottenham Solomon targeting late January FA Cup match for a return from injury. There you go. There you go. Two uh, assists, five appearances. Not terrible. But I mean, they never yeah, bought him to be a starter in the first place. So, but uh, but yeah, curious, curious. That's that's someone I totally forgotten about. So 
maybe he'll come back and be good. Yeah. Um, if maybe to end up or end this part one, um, if you had one West Ham player that you just irrationally want to get rid of um, this January, who do you want to get rid of? Ira- oh, Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Okay. But that's rational, you know? It makes oh. sense to get rid of. Well, it's this yeah. hard to say irrationally because I don't... Okay, I suppose. You're a very rational man, so... Yeah, and we just don't have the players to irrationally get rid of. Irrationally, fine, Michael Antonio. I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. I was but... thinking, like, um, <sighs> a player that you, you're pretty much the only hammer who is banging the table to get them out. Um, whereas uh... everyone else is, like, we should absolutely keep him. Or a player who you're like, we should cash out now. Oh, we should cash out now. Oh, Lucas Bakatal? That that's, yeah, that's controversial. But I that I've been on that, right? Like if we actually turn down ninety mil for him, I don't care how good he's been this season. You take that money. That's insane. Like Yeah. But I mean he's injured, so that's not gonna happen. Slash like obviously I wouldn't want it to happen, but Yeah, very fair. Um do we have any emails? We do not, sadly. That's okay. It's okay. Um, Well, this has been episode 16 of the Peak to Too Early podcast. Uh, Please email us at dp2ep at gmail.com. Please uh, leave us a rating or a review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Twitter at the Peak to Too Early pod. Um, And until next time, please take care. Bye. I'm standing.